Blurred listeners, would you like a free audiobook? Follow us on Twitter at the KMQ, then tag us in a tweet. Tell us the title of your favorite KMQ story, and we'll send you the audiobook of your choice from our Audible library. I do. You what? Want a free audiobook. (laughs) Well, what's your favorite KMQ episode first? Mm. That's how you, that's the qualifier. It's a very loose qualifier, too. (laughs) You know what one of my favorite ones of all times? Uh, Terminal Affair is one of my favorite ones of all time. That's our first outs. I can't even really call it outsourced because, while it was an outside writer, we didn't say, "Hey, can somebody write for us?" We were just like, "Oh my God, Alan Dusk," and he said, "Hey, can I write for you?" And we said, "Yeah." <laughs> you are entitled to your sexual self. We encourage lured listeners to be playful, enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. This show is for adults only and is a hands-free listening experience. At least one hand. This show. <laughs> this show. Is amazing. This show contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters and intense themes and situations. Please listen responsibly. In other words, listen on. Listener, have fun. At your own discretion. You are free to turn but it listener off. Listener, also not. understand your limits. Oh, not that we're constantly trying to push people's limits. Like, oh, don't I scare am. people. <laughs> this is sexy fun. And sometimes, like, we'll talk about later in my stories. Generally, push, push, push. But that's the way I like it. Push, push, I just, push. I like a good push. <laughs> don't we all? In today's KMQ episode. Okay, ladies, chins up, shoulders back. And get those tits pushed out, too. Speaking of pushing. Today's sexy BDSM story, Paying Attention, written by L.N. Bay, features a wife who likes to bend the rules. She knows just how to tease her husband, get him all hot and bothered, which is just as well, because her husband, Dan, knows just what to do about it. Beautiful. Nice job. (laughs) Well, thank you. Hey, everybody. Okay, so, hey, guys, <laughs> gals, in between us, all you lovely Lord listeners. So we're still on this COVID-19 quarantine and... Lockdown. Big, Big Daddy and I are we're guesstimating. We think we're somewhere close to our two-week mark. We're not... I don't think we've hit it yet, but... She says two-week. Official it's, lockdown, <laughs> it's been about a week. Okay, It so, feels like two weeks. <laughs> do you know what it was Is today, this morning, as I got up so much later than I ordinarily do, which is great... Um, but I go into the kitchen to go make coffee and we don't have a coffee grinder and Big Daddy and I were like, we'll use the food processor to grind our beans. <laughs> and so I'm in the kitchen for like 20 minutes trying to grind these stupid freaking coffee beans and, you know, worrying about like the blades getting hot in there. And so I'm pulsing it and pulsing it and grinding it and shredding, like I'm using all the buttons and are we going to have to... <laughs> chew on some beans instead. I don't know. <laughs> like, one man. We haven't tried the blender. The blender might do a better job. I was wondering that because the prongs are up. This is not sexy conversation, but no. it's COVID-19 conversation. And we're getting loopy. We're stuck at home. And so we're just talking about whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not working out. <laughs> it is working so fine. We're doing fine. I hope you guys are doing fine. It's, uh, it's a weird time. Like, all you guys that have gone to the grocery store know what I'm talking about. 
It's a weird experience. You just went. Is anybody else having to deal with lines and how is that six I, foot yeah, social I think distancing? If, yeah, I think so. Having to have lines to just go down aisles and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's pretty weird. But Yeah, I, I will say at this point, at this stage, I have been appreciating that my eyes are not the only ones playing tricks on me. Like, you're not getting out, and so you're seeing things. Like, cats will sometimes imagine things to suddenly just chase. <laughs> like, I'm, people are sharing pictures on, on Facebook or Twitter, like, the couch seam looks like a pussy or a cat. I just shared this on Facebook. Like, a cat is reaching through a curtain at a lady's mouth, and it looks like she's Sucking at a glory I saw that. Something, and you're just going, oh, my God, we were not meant to be on lockdown more than this. <laughs> So I, maybe you need a laser pointer. I don't know. But yeah, I'm I'm seeing things. But the writing has been going good. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. Well, not you know, I would also say it's been really great hearing from uh, from all you guys. Uh, we love it's it great. when the husbands share with the wives or yeah. vice versa. It's really great. Yeah. yeah. Hearing from people, you know, what they're going through, what you know, this show has helped them with in their relationship, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so exciting and 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 you know continues to make this worth it so yeah totally thank you for that it's it's inspirational in our time of quarantine (laughs) (laughs) hello friends we need friends you guys are our friends yeah (laughs) let's do some sexy stories okay well today's story as you heard uh is titled paying attention and it's written by ln bay who i gotta tell you they are really good and this story is taken from an audiobook that we did. It's Erotic Teasers by Rachel Kramer Bussell. And we picked this one. Well, I think I might have liked this one first. And then you were like, yeah, that one's good. Um, it's pretty freaking hot. And so we're really excited to share it with you guys today. So, hey, ladies, tits up. Boys, listen up. <laughs> this might be fun. I don't know. If you've got a dinner table, maybe you can get a wife on it. I don't know. Anyway, that's just something to look forward to. <laughs> But before our story begins, check out our latest audiobook, Erotic Teasers, edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell. In Erotic Teasers, award-winning editor Rachel Kramer Bussell has collected sexy short stories that will keep you on edge. From orgasm denial to remote control panties, these characters are made to wait, and they love every minute. From dominant submissive relationships to futuristic settings, they have perfected the thrill of teasing, taunting, and exerting control over their partners, who may protest about their urgent needs, but relish being made to hold off until they're given permission. These stories explore the thrill of the opposite of instant gratification, with orgasms all the more explosive because of it. Get this sexy audiobook now in iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. And I'm going to just say something. This book is a perfect example. You know, we're all talking about being isolated, and some of us are lucky enough to be isolated with our partner. (laughs) Many of us are not. We're lucky. So, yeah, we're going to keep saying we're we're lucky. lucky. (laughs) (laughs) That book is a great example of what you can do without necessarily interacting with that. You know what I mean? Without physical contact. Oh, my God. Go buy this audiobook or tell us your favorite episode, and then we'll give this one to you for free. And then, oh, listen to one. And then share it with your partner. Exactly. And then later, there's a rendezvous that yeah. could happen. It's, a per- it's all about teasing. It's all about the tease. So it's perfect. You guys should be 
eating this one up and sharing it with your partner. <laughs> so there you go. And now, Paying Attention, written by L.N. Bay. this thing about posture. My husband will tell me to stand perfectly straight, ankles together, hands at my sides, shoulders back, and tits out, he will say. He will correct my errors with the thin bamboo cane across my naked ass, and I will secretly crave another, or across the fronts of my thighs, and I will not. But if I have an occasion coming up that will require me to wear shorts or a skirt, he will not hit my thighs. He knows my calendar better than I do. It must be some kind of guy thing, this military precision. Not that Dan was ever in the service. I once dated ex-military, and while that guy was hyper-organized, he wasn't into all this standing at attention as something erotic. It's all about the beauty of the female form, Dan will tell me, and working to achieve its utmost potential. A slouching girl is just not as attractive as a statuesque one, her assets well displayed. Well, who could argue with that? More than anything, though, I think he just likes to make me wait. He demands the same perfection when I am on my knees, kneeling up, back and shoulders straight, Wherever he puts me, on the floor, on the coffee table in corset and garters, or even displayed for his amusement on the kitchen table, which makes me nervous as there is one angle from which our neighbor could see the whole show through our window. Or on our bed, he will tell me to keep my legs spread wide, to keep my back arched and my ass raised high. Chin up, he'll tell me. You're my prize show dog. Show it. Degrading? Spare me, because I know what's next. First the whip, yes, but then the fingers. He will slide two fingers between my open labia and massage my clit, his thumb wandering where it may. If and only if I can hold still long enough, he will bring me to an intense climax. However, if I break my posture at all, rock my hips, bend my elbows, even drop my head in a moment's loss of concentration, the hands recede, leaving me alone and exposed and desperate. I am left to correct my errors while he watches, often for a very long time, which he knows drives me insane. If it was a minor failure, the hands will return. If it was major, though, say, breaking down and burying my face in the bed, I'll have to count strokes from the whip, five or ten, all while maintaining that damned perfect posture. Then the hands again, or he'll circle around in front of me and take my mouth, or he just won't be able to take it any longer and will thrust his cock inside me and fuck me silly. This isn't an accurate description of our overall domestic life, of course. 
When I'm dressed, he listens to me. We talk money and goals and lawn care and maybe dropping cable for internet, and we usually disagree. But these are the moments I live for. This is why I married him. When he says, stand naked at attention, I stand naked at attention, no matter how much I'd rather rip off his clothes and jump him. This is not to say that I can't manipulate him, too, now and then. I mean, he is a guy. They're such simpletons sometimes, even the smart ones. I'll check the weather forecast, and if it looks like rain over the weekend, I'll suck him once or twice during the week, unasked, uncommanded, and then he'll almost certainly return the favor on a rainy, lazy Sunday afternoon, my favorite thing in the whole world. Or, if I've got a deep craving for something darker, I'll slouch. Not when we're playing, just lounging on the couch, reading a book. He can't really correct me. I'm just relaxing, reading. It irks him, though, just a little, and I know it'll come back to me in the best possible ways. Another example, just this morning, I managed to pull off a little stunt that requires so much timing, listening, and sensitivity to mood that I don't even try it very often. Or it'll become obvious that it's a ploy, because its success rate is so low to begin with. My husband gets up for work before I do, and I sometimes loll around in bed, awake, and I'll get to thinking. The first step is to listen and try to tell if he'll be leaving early in a hurry. There's a frenetic pace to his footsteps. Maybe something's wrong at work. The second step, if things sound more leisurely, is to try to discern his frame of mind. A very subtle task, taking in every creak in the floor, how fast the water is running through the pipes. Today, while shaving, he made it easy. I heard him actually singing, slaughtering an old song. Silk shirt, new shoes, every girl's crazy about a... Bingo. Now the timing part. I waited for him to hit the bathroom one last time before leaving, then made my move. I got out of bed and put on my long t-shirt with nothing underneath. I paused a few beats until the timing felt just right. Then I walked down to the kitchen, went to the coffee machine, and got a cup from the cupboard. I waited, leaned forward slightly against the counter, and poured my coffee. That's all. I heard him coming out of the bathroom and into the kitchen on his way to the garage. Hey, babe, I said over my shoulder. He stopped short, and I knew I had him. I took a sip of my coffee. You're leaving early. He said nothing, just stood there a moment. Then he came up behind me, slowly. I set my cup down when I heard his briefcase touch the floor. He gently grasped my hips from behind. I know what's on your mind, he said. I should make you wait for it. But he lifted the back of my t-shirt, exposing my ass, and caressed it. I love it when I have the power. He crouched down behind me. Yes, he was going to do it and gently nudged the inside of my thigh with his hand. I spread my feet. Then it all happened quickly, as it always does. I felt him kiss the left cheek of my ass, then felt his tongue warm and wet. Up and down, finding its way, he still made me wait for it. As he neared his target, I felt his hot breath 
Then I nearly melted when his tongue's warm softness found such a racy spot. I arched my back. His tongue swirled, teased, pressed harder. I leaned farther forward on the counter. Then the fingers, here they come. His tongue never left my ass, and I felt his hand slide up between my thighs until he slid his fingers around my clit, massaging it, using my slippery juices to lubricate it even more. Not one word was said, but I couldn't help moaning all this attention first thing in the morning. He kept licking and kept fingering, and it was all I could do to keep my balance. I spread my hands across the counter, trying to find something to grip, anything. I bowed my head, extended my ass out to his darting, swirling tongue. It was too much. Finally, it all built up to where I couldn't hold back, and I came, full force, practically screaming my pleasure with each breath. He stood up as I shivered and tried to catch my breath with my forehead on the counter. There wasn't much else I could do. He didn't bother pulling my shirt down. He preferred me uncovered. He reached around me to turn on the water in the sink and wash his hand. Windows open was all he said, and I jerked my head up and looked out into the morning light. He headed out the door, and I heard the car start and the garage door open, and I moved from side to side as I searched the yard next door. Mrs. Koslowski always gardens in the morning. Had she heard? How could she not have? Usually, the morning kitchen ploy gets me through the day just fine. Fantastically, in fact. I will be the happiest shopper in the store. The only driver stuck in traffic with a big smile on her face. Today, I wanted something more. I was feeling unusually confident. I wasn't about to let my husband know that I'd arranged the whole encounter this morning. Then he'd never fall for it again, and it's hard enough to get it right to start with. There are mornings when he'll come up to me, but does make me wait until he gets home. Yet, in my exuberance, I was feeling the need to show him that I could be in control too, not just him, and that today, I liked it. We have a rule concerning our private life. Keep it private. We live in a fairly conservative neighborhood, and he has a fairly conservative job, and there's no point in openly rebelling when we get along just fine doing our thing in private. The biggest risk we ever take, this morning's screaming fest accepted, is on rare evenings when he orders me onto the dining room table, his centerpiece, he calls me. The view out the dining room window looks out over the very back corner of Mrs. Koslowski's yard, where her garden is, but she usually stays indoors in the evening. There's a little thrill to being told to climb up there under the chandelier and pose naked, posture perfect, while he reads and pretends to ignore me as I balance obedience, impatience, and fear. We keep our kinks to ourselves, that's the rule. We never bring it up with our friends, never even whisper a kinky thought at a party, never call each other at work with obscene phone calls where coworkers might hear. I decided to call my husband. This is Dan. 
I could hear voices in the background. Men's voices. Women's voices. I got three compliments on my posture today. There was a long pause. Oh, yeah? Yes. The first was Mrs. Jackson. You know, the nice older lady who always walks that golden retriever puppy by our house every day. She lives two blocks from us, it turns out. She brought the little guy in to get fixed this morning. I work mornings at the animal shelter, and every two weeks a veterinarian, Dr. Reed, comes in as a public service. I used to have a better job, but didn't we all? We neutered the poor little bastard. Oh, no. Yes, it had to be done. So what did she say? When I walked out to call her name and I crouched down to pet the puppy, she said, My, you have such wonderful posture. You just don't see that anymore. So graceful. I said, thank you. I work on it, you know. If she only knew how hard I work on it. Mm-hmm. I could still hear voices in the background. There's more, I take it. Yes, Dr. Reed complimented me also. Another long pause. Oh, really? Yes, he said I had amazing posture. That was all he said. And what did you say? I said, thank you, sir. I bit my lip. I was pushing it. Dr. Reed wasn't half bad looking, and Dan knew it. You said there were three. I'm not sure you know her. Jenny McNeil. I know her from the gym. Gorgeous redhead? No. She brought in a little kitty. He didn't say anything. I think he was still thinking about the doctor. She said she admired my posture, especially considering my shoes. Which ones? The black stilettos. He sounded almost indignant. For work? Not the ones we play in, the three-inchers. Still, though, she loved them. You don't know her? Very pretty redhead. Works out a lot. Adorable little pussy. Cat. I licked my lips and bit my lower one again, waiting for him to figure out what he could say at work. All he could manage was, really? Yes, I just thought you should know. Maybe brighten your day at work. People really do notice my posture, thanks to you. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Bye, honey. Now it was his turn to wait. This was a thrill. Goodbye. Who was I kidding? I was in for it. My phone rang at exactly 4.45. Hello? I said, as if I didn't know his ringtone, his picture on my phone. Dinner in heels, he said. I felt a tightening in my stomach that I knew was not going to go away. Maybe I should have thought this through. Neither foresight nor patience is one of my stronger virtues. Okay, sir, I said. He hung up. Dinner in heels means just that. Dinner served in nothing but heels. It follows a very precise, prescribed ritual that evolved over time until it reached what my husband felt was perfection, and so it has remained the same since. It is rare, maybe once every three or four months, about as often as the kitchen counter encounter, but they'd never happened on the same day before. I kneeled naked by the front door, a vodka cocktail in my hands, smell of fresh basil in the air. 
I was waiting even before I heard the garage door open. On these occasions, he likes to come in through the front door, Ward Cleaver style, and walks around the house as the garage door closes. It's more formal somehow. I straightened my shoulders as the doorknob turned, and he opened the door. Hello, husband, I said, and offered the drink up to him, holding it above my bowed head. The ice clinked in my shaking hands. Hello, dear. He petted my head, ran his hand over my hair, and took the drink. How was your day? I asked, and bent down to untie his shoe. He hesitated, and I knew there was tension. Was it work or me? Not bad, he said, as he lifted his foot from the shoe that I held. A few problems, nothing that can't be corrected. I untied his other shoe and couldn't think of what to say. He pulled his foot from it, too. Smells good in here, he said. Is dinner ready? I nodded. Yes, sir. I can only blame myself for having to call him sir during dinner in heels. It is the only time I call him that, not even when he's whipping me, disciplining my posture, making me come. And now you see why referring to Dr. Reed that way got him so riled up. These rare nights of serving him dinner naked are the only times we mix daily life with our thing, and it somehow makes it all the more intense, like I'm an actual slave girl. I once called him sir on my own initiative to see what he would think, and let's just say he liked it. He sat at the head of the table while I brought him his dinner on a little silver serving tray. I wore the five-inch heels, nothing else, and I kept my posture perfect, the click, click, click of my shoes the only sound as I exited the kitchen. I always fix one large portion only, and I always keep it light and very neat. Penne pasta, salmon maybe, because I am to kneel beside him while he eats, my back straight. And he feeds me off his plate. I don't get as much to eat as usual, but I'm barely hungry anyway. My stomach is usually in knots doing this, and tonight it was especially so. He always begins by asking me, how was your day? and the ridiculous twist on domesticity having such a mundane conversation while he slowly reaches to my open mouth with a forkful of pasta is an exercise in anticipation, a lesson in patience, in waiting. Tonight, he didn't say a word. He ate, and he fed me. My one consolation was that the crotch of his trousers, always swollen during this ritual, was stretched tight tonight as well. His breathing was heavy. I ate the food he fed me, barely tasting the marinara I had cooked from scratch, without saying a word. Finally, he was finished and decided I was too. Clear the table, put the dishes in the sink, then report back here immediately. Well, of course I would. What else was I going to do? I wanted to kiss his feet, suck his swollen cock. I wanted to apologize for the phone call. Yes, sir, I said. Do not dawdle. No, sir. Up on the table was all he said as I stood before him. He looked up and down my naked body. This was not usually a part of dinner in heels, but this was a command, not a request. I stepped on a chair and climbed up in silence. When I am not naked, I have opinions, often strong ones, but when I am, I speak only when asked a direct question, and I am perfectly fine with that. 
I will just go ahead and admit that right here. I assumed the dinner table position, hands and knees, legs spread, all the goods exposed, chin held high. I was his prize show dog. I raised my ass and head as high as I could, arching my back. I was going to get a whipping later anyway for my prank, and I didn't want to give him a reason to start early. My posture was perfect. I waited patiently, no, impatiently, felt the hard wood under my knees. He stayed seated. He watched me carefully, waiting for any move, searching for any error in my posture. He said nothing, didn't pace around the table like usual, like I was some sculpture in a museum. He just sat. I heard him dial his phone. Mrs. Koslowski, this is Dan, your neighbor. Yes, how are you? Oh, good. She's good too, thank you. Oh, really? No, I hadn't heard that. I hope she's okay. Oh, good. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. What the hell was he doing? Besides listening to our neighbor talk about her grandchildren, that is. God, that woman could go on. At least I knew this wouldn't have anything to do with me posed motionless and naked on the table. Private stayed private. That was the rule. The rule I'd broken this afternoon. Well, listen, Mrs. Koslowski, the reason I'm calling, I've been noticing your wonderful garden over the fence there. Oh, no. Yes, well, you've got such a wonderful crop there, especially this late in the year. You really have such a green thumb. Oh, you're welcome. Second crop, you say? He wouldn't. I was wondering if I might be able to buy some vegetables from you. I noticed the yellow squash are looking especially nice. Zucchini? Yes, I'd love some zucchini. Oh, well, now you'd... Yes. No, you'd have to let me pay you. You just can't get vegetables that fresh even at the farmer's market. No, I insist. Well, are you sure? Okay, then. You'd at least let me trade some of my wife's cookies for them. I'm sure we can work something out. He looked at me. I saw at the very edge of my vision. I was looking straight ahead, not moving a muscle. Are you busy right now? I could meet you at the fence. Okay, sure. I'll come around then. Be right there, and thank you. He ended the call. He stood, looking out the window at Mrs. Koslowski's garden. It's getting darker earlier this time of year, isn't it? He said to me. This was a question. Yes, sir, I said. He turned and smiled a little. This was the first time I'd ever called him that after dinner in heels. Had I just started something new? He reached to the light switch and turned on the chandelier above the table, above me. The room was now brighter than it was outside, making me all the more visible from out there. My only movement, my jaw dropped open. He was breaking the rule. What was this? He must have been angrier than I'd realized to risk not just a flash of my flesh, but his entire reputation around the neighborhood. Mrs. Koslowski loves a good bit of gossip, and this would be, to say the least, somewhat interesting news. He works in risk management for crying out loud. Why was he going to such dangerous lengths to drive the point home over such a silly little trick? Just so you know, he said. I couldn't get up from my desk for a good 15 minutes after your call. I was like a teenage boy. I ended up late for a meeting, my meeting. 
but I couldn't very well get up there in front of everyone with my dick tenting my pants, now could I? Question or rhetorical question, I couldn't decide whether to answer him or not. He turned on the recessed lights along the wall to brighten the room even more. Be right back, he said. If she saw me, she didn't let on, which would have been quite a feat. Perhaps it was because I never once moved that she didn't turn her head, open her mouth in shock. I watched carefully as she and my husband joked and gestured and talked about vegetables. I knew that he saw me. He looked directly at me several times. I brought my eyes directly forward each time. He returned, set the basket full of vegetables on the counter, and said, I'd like another vodka tonic. He went into the den in the back of the house. I climbed down and made his drink. The den is the only room we haven't remodeled. All heavy 50s ranch, stone fireplace, low-beamed ceiling, big sliding glass doors leading out to the backyard. We had no choice but to decorate it mid-century modern. He had a baseball game on the TV. I kneeled to serve him, and he pointed to a spot on the floor, and I knew that I was to stand there at perfect attention until he told me to stop. This, too, was not entirely new. He sometimes has me stand straight and at the ready while he pretends to ignore me because he knows it drives me crazy and because he likes the way I look that way. Shoulders back, tits out, as he'd say. The twisted incongruity, the casual obscenity of my nakedness versus the comfortable husband watching a ball game in such an old-fashioned room has always held a certain perverse, anti-liberated thrill for both of us, my increasing impatience and frustration a part of our game. At least the ball game was nearly over. The game went into extra innings. He said nothing to me the entire time, only shouting out occasional frustrations or satisfactions at the players and umpires on TV. His team won with playoff implications, he turned the TV off and stood, walked to the wall and pulled the cord that opened the curtains that covered the big double sliding doors. It was now completely dark outside and in the interior light, I was fully exposed to the outside world. He wasn't exactly parading me around the neighborhood. Neither neighbor could really see from where this room was set but we had no privacy fence. Anyone walking their dog behind our subdivision or still biking on the trails by the woods, or if their vision was truly sharp, driving home on the freeway off in the distance could stop and watch as long as they liked. I was free for the viewing. I wanted to cover myself and hide, but I held my place as I watched my reflection in the glass. I looked my own body up and down, as Dan had done earlier, and was doing now. Breasts, stomach, hips, thighs. 
he was right. A girl does look better standing straight than slouching. How'd he put it? All my assets properly displayed? I pulled my shoulders back a little farther. This was a punishment. But then he turned, not saying a word, and went upstairs to our room, leaving me alone, without telling me I could move. Oh, this wasn't a punishment. This was just a big damn tease, was what this was. Once again, it was my turn to wait. I am waiting here, still. It seems like hours, though it hasn't been, and my feet are starting to hurt in my heels, but I am aching even more with desire. At least he is not one to leave me here all night. His crotch was as swollen as mine was wet. Is wet. I want to move my hand toward it, but my reflection reminds me not to. I calm myself with the knowledge that his patience is also limited up there by himself. There is a whipping or perhaps even a caning to be administered, which I know he is dying for because I can hear him pacing above me. And then he will fuck me into sweet oblivion as I hold still for it. And then, yes, he will massage my sore feet. I want to go upstairs to him, but he knows me too well. With any other man I've known, I would have quit this ridiculous pose long ago, demanded fair play, slammed the door of our room if he refused it, told him to sleep on the couch. Yet here I am, at perfect attention, watching my own naked reflection for any slips in posture as I wait to be called up while yearning for release from this torture of endless anticipation that I myself have caused. How many women would marry a guy because he makes her stand naked while he watches a few innings of baseball and then leaves her to simmer in her own juices, ponder her mistakes? This gal would raise her hand in the air if she hadn't been ordered to hold perfectly still until further notice, no matter how insane it drives her. You? All right, Lord listeners, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. That was Paying Attention, written by L.N. Bay, as featured in our audiobook, Erotic Teasers, edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell. You guys can follow L.N. Bay on Twitter at L.N. underscore Bay, B-E-Y. Follow us on Twitter, too, at The KMQ, so you don't miss out on our audiobook giveaways. If you want more sexy stories and would like to support the show, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Caraway. Don't forget to leave us a sexy review. Audio production by Big Daddy, Dave Caraway. The KMQ would like to thank this wonderful musical artist, Grapes. And the KMQ introduction music by Vivich. The Kiss Me Quicks Erotica podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by Erotic Teasers.
stupid fish. Oh, oh yeah, we didn't say love ya. See you soon. You just did.